Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 248, recorded on January 24th, 2023, where John and Jason review the Power BI 2023 release wave one plan that covers the roadmap from April to September of 2023. Hello, and welcome to episode 248. We're excited to bring you this episode of the podcast. John and I recorded yesterday based upon a pre-release version of what we're going to talk about. And there have been some very minor changes made to the naming of the different items that we're going to be talking about. So if you hear something that doesn't align to the name in the document that you go to our blog and link to and take a look at, that's perfectly okay. All the content is the same. Just made some updates to some of the titles to make them more intuitive. And there are a couple of them that we actually called out that you'll hear throughout the course of the episode where you may look at it and go, oh, well, Jason and John are saying it one way and it actually is more intuitive in the title that they have in the uh, in the doc. So just wanted to put that out there for you. We did have the pre-release version of this, uh, John being an MVP and myself being a Microsoft employee. We did take a look at this ahead of time with the intention to make sure that we brought this to you as early as possible. But all the content is the same for the Power Platform 2023 release wave one plan for Power BI. So enjoy, hope that that clears up any confusion in advance. Good day, Jason. How are you now? John, I am pretty fair, pretty fair. Pretty fair. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a gray overcast 50 degree day here. We're slogging it through January. We're yeah, slogging it through January. We haven't had a, a January-like day in a while. It's generally been chilly and like sunny, clear skies, beautiful. But it clouded up last night as I was getting in the hot tub. I was like, ooh, it's... 45 degrees and really nice, getting a little windy, but you know, it was perfect. I got all my chemicals balanced out this weekend and just mm-hmm. been enjoying it. And uh, happily, I got all the electrical work done yesterday. So uh, that was finished because I uh, had to get a new electric plug put in my garage for my car. And, uh, right. and when I had yes. the electrician out, I had some new lights put out on my back deck because grilling at night in the dark is not as much fun. It's uh, challenging. Yeah, so it's hard. Yeah, I don't eat steak. And having been a chef for as long as I was, I cook by touch. So okay. I know when to pull a steak off. But when you're doing chicken, it's a little bit harder. So I added some lights to my deck. And it was a, an expensive day yesterday, but but a good one. Happy with all the electrical work being done, especially before the rain. So all the new sealed lights went in nice. and, uh, and all kinds of good things. But uh, yeah, how are things where you are? Gray and really drab and depressing. Uh, but apart from that, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, you know, the, the cool thing about it, though, John, uh-huh. is that in 10 days, it's not going to be that way for you. Anymore. No, it's not going to be that way for me. It's not, in 10 days, winter is over as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> <laughs> I will be heading off and not coming back until April the 9th. So that's not yes. so much. And, and dear listener, I know that sounds very sad for you, but I have some <laughs> awesome guests who are going to come on and uh, are going to fill John's shoes for a little bit. Uh, I think some might be celebrating. I will be back in March. I mean, in terms of online, I just yeah, I just won't yes. be here. <laughs> but uh, you know, John, before you go away on your wonderful 
trip, vacation, etc. We did want to grab some news that's happened. And, well, we've uh, got some, which is know, nice. <laughs> yeah, and this is something that's been in the works for a little while, and it happens every January, where you know we come out and we announce the uh, release wave one for the next year. So, you know, Power Platform, and I think this is wave, is this wave one or is this wave two? Wave yeah, one. This is wave one. And this is, you know, 23 release one plan, which is including features that are going to be shipped between April 2023 and September of 2023. Yep. yep. So it's uh, stuff that's coming up, the stuff that we know about anyway. And obviously, what's coming is not restricted to what's in this list, but what's in this list is what we know to be the targets for that period of time. Yeah, so you know, this is what we have funded and what we're planning. They're, they're generally, from what I understand, uh, and uh, based upon you know inside knowledge now, and having watched this stuff for the past X number of years, as we have, uh-huh. these are targets, right? Yep. This is, and they're very high level. There's not a whole lot of detail in this nope. release wave, but it gives you an overview of where we're trying to go. Yep. And what features we're bringing to bear this, this, you know, this cycle, we call them semesters here at Microsoft. And so what are we trying to bring? And again, in the same fashion that we've had the last two times, I think we have Power BI Pro and Power BI Premium targeted features. Yep. And then we actually have some other stuff here, John, that we were going to go through as well in different sections. So this happens to be not the Power BI specific document, but instead the Power Platform document. Yeah, and they've kind of split out the Power Query stuff in its own section because Power Query obviously is having a broader applicability than just Power BI. So that that does make sense. But yeah. we're gonna we're gonna visit over there for a few items a little later on. Yeah. So this is a good opportunity for us to sort of take a look at what's coming. And uh, you know, so we wanted to make sure that we got an opportunity to do this for you as early as possible so that you know we we're taking a look at this alongside of you. This is newly released information. Uh, we're trying to get this out as quick as possible in the cycle because it's uh it's kind of exciting to take a look at what's next, what's new, etc. So we're gonna go ahead and dive into it and start off from the Power BI perspective, John. Yep. And there's an overview here which talks about you know how we're looking to empower every individual, every team, every organization. Yeah. That's yeah. been the message yeah. that Arun has brought out every time he's gotten on stage over the course of the past you know year and a half, I'll say. And so this still aligns to that. I believe Kim gave this message at Build the last time. But yeah, so we're going to dive in and talk about what's coming for the Power BI I think it's premiums up first. Premium, start, start off with premium, yeah. And, uh, one of the interesting, uh, the first one we'll, we'll talk about here is the ability to send a unique report per recipient with paginated report email subscriptions. So this to, just to break it on down, essentially what you can do with this is with a paginated report, you can have a single subscription, but have different parameters per user within that, that subscription. And that's not something we've really seen before anywhere, not in SSRS, because that's where a lot of this comes from. So that, that's kind of interesting. It's not quite data-driven subscriptions because they're declared. When you create that subscription, you're declaring what those parameter values are. But with a single subscription, you are able to vary the values of those parameters. So it's an interesting feature. It's also interesting to me that it's happening within premium as paginated reports have just moved over to pro. So this is going to be a premium feature. That is consistent with SSRS 
from back in the day when you had things like a data-driven subscription was an enterprise-only feature of, of SSRS. So that's consistent, at least. But uh, it's an interesting feature. Yeah, and this one, if I'm not mistaken, it talks about bursting reports, right? You can now burst out paginated report subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah, so this is more API-driven, potentially, that type of a thing, as opposed to an individual user signing up for a subscription. You're passing in a list of things yeah. that you want to have done. So this is more programmatic or, or admin level. Driven. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's why this is pre- more of a premium feature than an individual user feature, because this yep. is organizational as opposed to named user. Yeah, the other the, there's another important sense Which, here. Uh, by the way, John, what? that mm-hmm. means that this because this is a premium feature, it does not require the user who gets delivered the report Correct. To actually have a Power BI Pro uh, license. Yes. That's the yes. why this is different as well. Yeah, and uh, an interesting thing here, it says the mapping between recipients and parameters is stored in Power BI. So again, that declarative uh, spot where you're, you're stating what the parameters are, that is going to be stored somewhere in Power BI. So it's available, obviously, to anyone, and you can make, go and make updates when you need to. All right. Are you drowning in spreadsheets? Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. The next one, automate migration from Azure Analysis Services to Power BI Premium. We just talked about this. I mean, this is this is a general, um, this is a GA announcement. Basically, it's the GA for that feature is targeted for April. Yeah. So this one just came out. Christian Wade and Ike did a, uh, I think it was Ike, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Did did a nice uh, little uh, webinar that is out there. Uh, I believe that we linked it into one of the show notes that's out there. Not yet. We have not updated the blog in a while, and I'm saying that we've done it, although I haven't done it yet, but I plan to. <laughs> there is that that came out as a uh, public preview. This is announcing the GA of that, even though it's very reliable at this point. I've not heard a single customer that has had a problem with it, which is really nice. Cool. And then the next one, query scale out. Query scale out is something we just got. I mean, we just saw the announcement of uh, online, and this is obviously a, a, a GA announcement. But this is essentially it's it's going on behind the scenes. It's a performance improvement that will allow the service to basically take multiple, essentially make multiple copies of a data set and then spread the queries across that data set in heavy usage scenarios. It's a feature that Azure Analysis Services had. The Power BI Premium did not. And I think this is the last one. I think this is the piece that completes the puzzle in terms of feature completeness in in Power BI Premium versus Azure Analysis Services. Yeah, uh, this is something that the team has been really excited about getting out there for a while. This is going to solve a lot of big customer problems. For the smaller customers, you don't care about this. If your models are small, it really isn't going to matter. But for query scale out, this is for, you know, large scale customers where you're trying to hit it and basically it's load balancing for all intents and purposes you know the the data across multiple nodes and be able to have replicas of the data that way you can have better performance for users that are trying to return data yep that's it for premium for the wave one takes us to power bi pro Yes. Our favorite tool, the one we've had for years and years and years. Well, it's and, a licensing model as opposed to a tool, but, but you know, whatever. Yeah, you want fair to call enough. It, fair enough. <laughs> First feature is navigate by workspaces in the data hub. 
this uh, applies filters for all intents and purposes, right? Yeah. So we're now extending the data hub further by enabling discovery by workspace as well. So let's give a little bit of a of an insider tip. And this is not a Microsoft insider. This is just a, a tip for folks who've been looking at this document for a number of years now. As you start to read this document, there's a lot of fuzzy language here for all intents and purposes. That's what I'm going to refer to it. It's warm and fuzzy. It's, you know, business value this, and it's all of, you know, all, but let's be realistic about some of these things. When you're looking at, at some of these things, the document that you're reading is talking in very friendly language, trying to explain what's here and, you know, to, uh, to someone who doesn't know. Yeah. Okay. If, if you're was, someone if, who looks at this, uh, something like this, says, I know what the data hub is already. What, am, what is this really giving me? Yeah. Jump to the last sentence of each of the sections. So in, like, I'm looking at the business value one, and th it starts with the data hub enables users to easily discover and reuse data in one central hub. Yes, it does. True. It is 100% accurate. That is fantastic. For someone who's never touched it and never used it, the first couple sentences here are great. However, if you're trying to understand what's new and different, jump to the last sentence to start with. So now we are extending the data hub further by enabling discovery by workspace as well. That's really what this feature is about yeah. from a business value perspective. Well, you have two sentences here, or two paragraphs here in the feature details that explain the feature by explaining the pre previous version, right? Yep. The last sentence of the second paragraph explains what, what we're doing. Okay. Instead, now with this feature, they can get to data they're looking for by first filtering the data items by a specific workspace, then choosing their item for a much shorter list of items in that workspace. Moving yep. forward, we plan to provide users an easy way to find data through workspace navigation and filtering. That's the nugget here that's truly important to you. If you've been doing this for a little while and you're just trying to digest, so... As you're looking at this, that's a great way to break this down. Don't get frustrated, okay? The detail of uh, of everything is in here. You just have to sort of parse through it and find what you're really looking for. Exactly right. If I was writing this document, it'd be a whole lot shorter. I promise. <laughs> well, a whole keep lot. in mind this is a this is a marketing yep. document yep. as well. Yep. So you know, of course, if I was writing it, it wouldn't make it the the market basically <laughs> yeah that takes us uh takes us to the next one i think this is actually pretty cool uh calculation group authoring i mean if if i don't know if you've used uh calculation groups heavily i know my team does i actually don't personally or haven't uh, had, had occasion to use them a lot my personally but i know we use them internally and calculation groups are very interesting that's really a feature of analysis services and the way you access them and define them is by using one of the add-in tools. You're basically going through the XMLA endpoint to create these ca calculation groups. That they're part of the model. There just hasn't been an expression in the Power BI UI anywhere, not in Power BI Desktop, not in the service, that would let you author these things or edit these things. And that's really what I think this feature is all about. It's uh, slated for public preview in May. And we should be able to start editing these calculation groups right from right from Power BI. Yeah. So this one, as you jump down to the last sentence of the feature details or this last yeah. paragraph, calculation groups have been a part of the power of Power BI as an engine, engine only, only feature. Right. Yeah. You had to use something like what Dex Studio or Tabular Editor, one one That's of right. two, in yep. order to actually author these, right? And it would have been Dax Studio because this is a Dax feature. You may be able to do it through Tabular Editor as well. I don't know, but because this is Dax, you use Dax Studio. Well. Yep. But yep. with this enhancement, you'll be able to 
to author calculation groups by using first-party tooling in Power BI Desktop. So we're bringing in the ability to author into Power BI Desktop. And this is a public preview that we're looking to land uh, in May of 2023. Yep. And that takes us to integrate Power BI into Teams meetings. And I'm a little, I'm struggling a little to understand how this is a desktop feature, but okay. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't see anywhere that it talks about it being a desktop feature. No, so. no, but it's just following along. I think it's, I think the desktop is blending into, but anyway. Well, I, um, I think, I think this is more talking about it being a Power BI Pro feature, not yes, a desktop I do feature. Too. You're, right. Because you're, you're, you know, you're right. That was Pro. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm reading Pro as desktop all the time. So, yeah. No. And the reason why, dear listeners, yep. because it used to be that Power BI desktop desktop was one of the sections of this, right? Yes. So it's not anymore. It used to be desktop and service and, and yeah. mobile, and yeah. now it's not. Now it's premium yeah. and pro. That's why I talked about it at the beginning. We still forget sometimes. So if you're used to that, you get caught in yeah. the trap that John just got caught in. I did. I did. It's not desktop. We're still talking about pro, pro. which yeah. this is a pro feature, right? For yeah. users who are pro. And you know, to me, there's some questions about licensing with this one. So let's go yeah. ahead and dig in. Yeah. So basically what this is, is adding a bunch of tools without even getting into the details into a Teams meeting. So if you can think, if you're using Teams meeting and you use PowerPoint today within within the Teams meetings, the, the way, as opposed to just sharing your screen, which you can always do, but there's some interesting things in PowerPoint that let you present specific chunks of, of, of a presentation, lets users navigate through the presentation at their own pace. So there's some real tight integration between PowerPoint and Teams. And we're talking about bringing that sort of capability to Power BI reports. So you could take, say, a section of a report, make that available generally in, in the Teams meeting. And presumably, they don't state this uh, clearly, but presumably, you know, users would be able to interact with that report, drill around, and things of that nature. And as you mentioned, there's it really does open up a couple of questions because if I take that Power BI report and I share it through Teams, and if users are interacting with it, are they interacting with that report? It's assuming this is some there's some you know a direct query report with row level security. Are they doing that as me, or are they doing that as themselves? And if they're doing that as themselves, how does that work? Subsequent to that. What's the licensing model for this? Um, if I'm sharing, if I'm in a in a Teams meeting and I'm sharing a Power BI report by sharing my screen, obviously the recipients of that don't need a license because I'm just sharing my screen. But if they're interacting with it, presumably according to the rules of Power BI, they should need a license as well. So yeah, I'll take it one step further, John. And uh -huh. again, we're looking at this premium and pro. Yeah, but there's a That's third. Pro. There's an additional licensing model for workspaces called premium per user. What That's if true. the report that you are visualizing in a Teams meeting, and the way this this is oh, yeah. to work is, yeah. is by pinning reports you, yeah. you know, into the Teams meeting so that people can find them more easily. Rather than simply, I'm gonna share a link in the chat, I'm gonna share a link in the chat, there's a, gonna be an option for Power BI where you click on the Power BI icon in the ribbon. I'm just looking at the the, the image here in the doc, right, that we, we've linked to. Yep. And it now has reports that I have added to the meeting so that people can do exactly what you're talking about, John, because I do this all the time. When I join a meeting, the first thing I do if somebody shared a PowerPoint is I go look to make sure that the this meeting is going to be valuable. There's stuff in this PowerPoint that pertains to my customers, to to my my interests and things like that. Because if not, I'll go watch the recorded 
meeting later, right? right. Or do, am I going to have questions of, about this of, PowerPoint? Of course you will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course I do, John. I always watch all the recorded me all yeah. the recorded meetings. Yeah. But I have the ability now to go and jump through so that when we get to the right section, I've already been able to take a look at the data. But what happens if that report that somebody has pinned because they are a PPU user yeah. is in a PPU workspace? What's that like you know, for that user? Again, yeah. to your point, is it sharing in the context of you and better yet if i don't have access to the report in that workspace and i'm invited to the meeting how is that visualizing what do you deal yeah. with with external users things of that nature because there has to be it can't simply be i'm going to share this data as you john right or that you're going to share this data as you because if i'm an external party and i shouldn't <laughs> be gaining access into this i should not be allowed to do that so yeah, again, all of this stuff is very high level. There's no detail here. We're postulating and posturing and asking questions about this. But I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this because I know the team thinks these things through really well. Yeah. And I'm gonna be interested to see how that plays and we'll what, what's gonna happen. So we'll see. I think there's always gonna be a place for just sharing my screen. That's that's what I how I think this will land in uh, in certain circumstances. But this is a this is a this is a good feature. The in meeting, it, it's interesting. That's not the only thing uh, that's teams related that's coming. So the next one is teams related. You are going to have the ability to multitask more easily. And what does that mean? It it basically it, as far as I can tell by reading through it. It means your state is going to be saved for a period of time. You're going to be able to come back to the state you're in when you when you leave your report to go chat about something or when you get distracted by a squirrel, whatever that happens to be. <laughs> when you come back to your report within the Power BI app and Teams, it's going to remain. It's going to remember where you were for up to an hour. Yeah. So this one is huge. I tend to use Teams a decent amount. I still like. Prefer the web browser. It's just because it's just bigger. I like the window to be a little bit, you know, bigger. I, the way I have my monitor carved out, it's just it's more readable for me because it's vertical and as opposed Muscle to horizontal. But I love the ability, like when I have gone into Teams in order to do this. This is one of those blockers for me. Is you know one of these is back button support in Teams for desktop, as opposed to having to go all the way back and find my way back to where I was. Really, really nice. It also improves, you know, caching to improve performance here is going to be really nice as well. So these are things that um, I don't want to call them table stakes for me to to use it, but that really, it's it will make it more usable for me as a user of this particular feature. Uh, I'm going to find it much nicer. Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right. All right, John, I'm going to talk about this next one because, again, right. we talked a little bit about this at the very beginning with the fact that you have to dive, dive in to find the nuggets sometimes because this one is called Restrict Access to Content in the Power BI Service Using Sensitivity Labels. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, as you read through this, the business value, this is talking about purview. Right, we've had Microsoft Information Protection uh, integration. We've had this for a while. This a big focus of last year was bring all of this stuff to bear. The nugget here, however, is very important. And if you read the last sentence, the new enhancement enables security admins. Security admins. This is the part to apply protection settings to Power BI items 
and spares users the complex burden of specifying protection settings of their own. This allows the security admin role of Microsoft Purview to apply settings as opposed to relying on the user to go off and do this. It's also, you know, you have more granular ability here because you can set default policy at the top level. Right. Yep. Here's the default policy, and that was the security policy that you could set. Users then set it for themselves. But now we're dealing with this from the security admin perspective. And again, if you drill in the last sentence, uh, the last paragraph under the feature detail really gives more detail about what you're able to do with this uh, and goes into more more context, more detail than what I just gave. But at the high level, that's really what this is all about. Yep. Oh, and uh, by the way, because we haven't said this in a, in a little bit, this particular one, the public preview is September of 2023. We're not going to go back to the previous features that we missed. Uh, you can go off and take a look at the document. There are varying times, you know, but this one's a public preview. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah, model view is getting more love. And we've seen improvements in, in the uh, in the model view to be able to construct relationships, uh, things of that nature. Recently, we're now getting a number of accessibility features, things like the high contrast mode, the ability to better navigate with the keyboard, use alt text, et cetera. So essentially, it, it, it's kind of incremental. That we get, we're getting the uh, preview for this in September 2023. But uh, yeah, it, it you know sounds incremental, but these are very important features. Yeah. The next one here is enable Microsoft Purview DLP policies for Power BI data marts. Now, there's a whole bunch of words here. Yeah. I'm going to boil it down and jump again. The you know this talks a lot about what Purview is and how it integrates in with Power BI. The data protection labels are yeah yeah. But when you take a look at the core of what this is, we're extending DLP to support Power BI data marts. That is the the third paragraph under feature details. The last sentence. This release extends DLP policy support for Power BI data marks. So we've already had DLP policy support for Power BI. Now we get data it sets. for data marks. Yep. Yeah, no, we for data, data marks. Yeah, so yep. we're getting yep. it for data marks. Yep, exactly, exactly. Which is good. All right. Next up, improved visual formatting capabilities. And essentially, the, this is simply getting more fine-grained with some of the options around visuals, things like being able to control the padding between lines and data where in areas where you didn't have that kind of control before. Not a lot of detail around that, so always, you know, it's always good to have more control. It's really all I can take away from that. Yeah, there's September as well. Yeah, there's some great new stuff that we're working on this year, making this better. And I, what I can say is last year we worked on the visual formatting, like we got the formatting pane and all of these things. It's been announced that there's the on object formatting functionality that's coming. That's a part of this wave. I don't know where this fits into all of that, but yeah, it's, it's been a big focus. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting stuff. Yeah. Single visual exploration with quick create. So today you can zoom in on a visual and you basically get that visual blown up to be the entire screen. And that's kind of it. You can play with the visual. That That's nice. But this is giving you the ability to create, as far as I can tell, it's giving you the ability to use AI to try to spot anomalies, to create additional visuals to help you further understand the data you're looking at within that one visual. So it's taking that, you know, zero in on a specific visual to the next level and let, uh, letting you do a lot more with it. The next one, John, I was, I, when, I, when I first looked at this, <laughs> I thought it was something different. And I was uh, all you excited. Got, you got excited. I'm, I had to break I'm, it down. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as excited by this. but We're going to be um, able to take Power BI Desktop and turn it into a report viewer. Yep. 
<laughs> if you go back and listen to my interview with Mo, which John, I bet you still haven't. Oh yeah, um, I haven't. You're right. <laughs> that's when you should download and listen to on the plane. I, uh, I, I, I'm going to try. I'll have lots of time. Yeah. Yes, you will. Mo actually talks to this in that interview as a part of our story, right? Yeah. As a part of you know, the fact that when you take a look at the announcement that was made at Build, we talk about Power BI rolling out with E5 as a part of licensing, and the fact that we're going to start to see the name desktop disappear because. Well, you know, the idea is that you'll be able to do more with desktop than just what we've done in the past. Right. And it's going to become ubiquitous in, as a Power BI tool. So instead of that, like, and his comments to me have been, you know, word is word. You know, word online is just word, you know, at that point, you know. So why is Power BI desktop? It's not called word desktop. Because it's, it's a design tool. <laughs> but so is word. So is Excel. Mm -hmm. So is PowerPoint. Yeah, you know, it's it's but, a viewer and a a, a, a creation tool all in one. So lining more to Office, is, yeah. So this brings that vision a little bit further along and making it so it, we we get more of a viewer mode here as well. I kind of I kind of think a word viewer is called a PDF, but anyway. <laughs> Only if you turn it into one, John. That's just exactly, exactly. That's just me. All right. A couple others to round it out. Optimized ribbon in Power BI desktop goes GA in April. We've already talked about the optimized ribbon, what, what, what it does significantly, as well as the relationship editing in the properties pane also goes GA in April of 2023. Yep. Yeah. More GA announcements here. This episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at tigraph.com. The next one is a GA announcement of the Azure Maps visual. We've been working on this for a while of switching over completely to Azure Maps, as opposed to having a secondary separate maps that we had for Power yep. BI. And this is the announcement of GA coming September of 2023. I have a nit to pick though. It Do doesn't you, say that. Let me be shocked. Hang on, hang on. Let me get my shocked face on. Okay, let's see it. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I don't think it can go GA until it can replicate all of the features of the current Bing Maps visual. And one of those features is the ability to render in published to web. So anonymous publishing. And that's not some, I love the Azure Maps visual. I want to use this thing. But for example, for the Twitter report, for events, et cetera, I use a, a map visual and I would love to switch to the Azure Maps visual and I can't because of course it doesn't render. Anonymous, so John, so hopefully, hopefully that's going to come. Without telling you anything, what if I told you the team actually agrees with you? Really? Well, I'd it, be very it, happy it, about that. It is a recognized thing. That that's a feature that has to be there. Oh, for GA to, to go. So without saying that it's going to be able to do that at GA, you would say that that would be a prerequisite of going GA. Yeah, okay. That's my understanding of it. In okay. order to, you know, you gotta, you gotta get to parity. I'm happy 
And that's parity, not parody. Okay. <laughs> got yes, yes, I got it. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. The next one is something I'm, I'm quite excited about is the ability to create and share paginated reports on the web. We've talked an awful lot about where we're going with this stuff. And we got this past year uh, formatted tables, which was essentially a light way of being able to create an RDL file. And it's really just the ability to do a table. But now we're calling it paginated report on the web, which implies a more full-featured experience for paginated reports. So removing the requirement to run the Power BI report builder, let's not get into the naming diatribe that I always do, <laughs> but not having to use that tool, but the ability to in-web create an RDL paginated report from the ground up. I think that's only a good thing because I think the one of the things that holds back paginated reports is how difficult, I know it's full-featured, but how difficult it is to use Paginated Report Builder. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. It's uh, it's an old tool at this point, and it will be really nice to see something like this. I'm when, when I joined Microsoft, this was something I was hopeful to see, and it looks like we're going to see it. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that kind takes of us to the end of yeah. Pro, right? Yeah. So we're at the end of the Pro section, and now we're coming to a, a section that we don't generally jump into, as much as the data integration section here, John, because there's a bunch of stuff here under the data integration section that uh, pertains to Power BI. Yeah. First one is an announcement of next generation. That's always a big deal, right? Oh, it's the next generation of Power BI data flows. And there's an awful lot of stuff here. Most of it seems to be usability, things like you know auto-saving. So when you're building a data flow, when your browser you know, <laughs> crashes on you, you don't lose everything you were working on. So that's a good thing. Background publishing, it doesn't apply query validation every step of the way when you're editing your data flow, which is also good. Better debugging, but the big one, I think a really, real big one here is we've added support for loading data flow output to new destinations. That's all I need to see. And support for loading data from data sources in VNet. So good VNet support, great security, all good. Yeah, that one is really, really huge in my book. I have yeah. a lot of customers that I interact with who, that's a biggie, the fact the, that that's not there. So, But the output going to new destinations, I'm curious as to what they all are. But the fact that I can now use Power Query for more than, essentially, for more than just populating data sets, I think is huge because Power Query is a killer ETL tool. And the more multi-purpose, the more more destinations it can reach, uh, the better. Uh, more people will have access to it. I love Power Query. I just love Power Query. <laughs> really, John, tell me more. Tell me I more think. about your love of Power Query. <laughs> uh, as our good friend Alex Powers would say, yes. Power Query everything! Power Query everything. That's it. That's exactly right. All right, and then we got some uh, connector news. We've got... Uh, well, uh, so that was the data flow section. Yeah, that's right? the data so, flow. So it's really just the one thing, yeah. Yeah. Now, in the Power Query connector section, because there are a couple of different things here, some that we care more about than others. The yeah, SQL Server Analysis Services Connector is now available in Power BI data flows. This yep. is big. If you've got, you know, again, working with uh, analysis service, this is SQL Server analysis service as distinct from Azure analysis services. So on-prem instances of analysis services, just bringing things uh, up into Power BI from on-prem is going to be good for that. So we get a preview of that in April 2023. I will say 
And we've been trying not to not to reference the one before it a lot because these tend to be standalone. But as you look at the Azure analysis, or sorry, the SQL Server Analysis Services one, the predecessor to that coming had to be the next generation Power BI data flows. In yes. order for this this to be here, you had to get to at least public preview of the next gen Power BI data flows because of that ability to a the VNets capability be uh, be able to go and and have different outputs and you know additional sources, as well as making sure that all of this works through the gateway as well is going to have yep. to be there. So that's you know a big lift that needed to happen, and the VNets piece was really really important. Yep. Now feature wise, the next one is uh, near and dear to my heart: versioning fields and support for rich text columns in SharePoint Online List. 2.0. And as you know, we've been advising people not to use the 2.0 in implementation of the SharePoint List Connector because it's not full featured. You cannot get at all of the SharePoint complex column types. And in this feature, which will go public preview in April of 2023, it will support rich text columns. I'm not sure how it will support them, so I can't wait to see it, mm -hmm. but it's going to support them. And it's also going to support versioning fields, which presumably is going to let me go back to previous versions of a field's value, which I think could be really very interesting for SharePoint data. So a couple of big things coming from the SharePoint list connector. Again, SharePoint, the SharePoint connectivity is something we both harp on uh, fairly extensively. And I'd love to be able to get to the point where we can recommend the use of 2.0 to, uh, to our users. I agree with you, John. And this one is an April 2023 public preview, which means yeah. this is something that's actively being worked on at this point. I am very curious. I'm going to have to go ask some questions myself. But John, this one brings up something that we don't generally talk about during the course of a year. What's but that? since we just did this like two weeks ago, I have to point out, this is going to make you fail one of your predictions for this year. What, uh, which was what? The SharePoint Online uh, 2.0 connector would still be in beta. Yes, still, fair enough. We don't... We, uh, we, was it beta? I don't remember the exact ver verbiage that you used. In yeah, your, yeah. Uh, but they don't mention multi-value columns, so we'll see. So, <laughs> the yeah. support for multi-value columns. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, so I will be very curious to see... Actually, was it... I may be wrong. That may have been a 2022 prediction that you made. Yeah, yeah. It was. The SharePoint Online Power BI V2 connector stays beta for all of 2022. So you're still alive, John. I okay, thought you okay. brought it forward for a year, but no, you didn't. <laughs> all right. And uh, finally, if you're using Google Analytics, there's an update for the connector to use the version 4 data API. I don't yeah, think that, that... That's a public preview in September yeah. of 2023. Yeah. Not one that, uh, you know, personally, I mess with at all because I don't look at blog stats. John, you love your blog stats. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's... Uh, I, don't that, use, I don't use Google Analytics so much anymore, though. So, yeah. Oh, do you? You don't, <laughs> huh? All right. Let's move it right along and let's, uh, you know, because we're running a little bit long on this episode, but we usually do. Yep. The next section here is Power Query Online. There's a specific section all in and of itself, standalone, 
To me, that's exciting. Yep. The first one's pretty interesting here is a natural language interface to generate Power Query steps. So presumably here, you're going to be able to tell Power Query Online what you would like to do with your data, and it will generate the Power Query for you. And that's theoretically what, it, what it's all doing. It's yeah, it's using uh, GPT technology uh, in the background, which is, of course, you know, behind Chat GPT, the hot new thing everybody's talking about. But it will be constructing... If you could articulate your requirement appropriately, that should be an interesting challenge. Yep. But it would it should be able to build you some uh, some power query, and I'm I'm a big fan of this. Not necessarily you know set it and forget it and run away from it, but as a, as a learning tool, uh, you know how would I do this transformation? It can build the power query for you. You can tweak it, but you can also when you do that, you're going to learn something from it. So I think that's some a big improvement to usability and something I'm, I, I applaud. Yeah, so we've seen something like this at this point. You know, there's a, a, a natural language function coming for writing DAX, right? Yeah. We've seen that that got demoed by Yarun at, uh, I think it was Power BI Summit in Chicago last year. Okay. We have seen this out in the wild a little bit. So definitely something that it, we're already looking into doing. I'm interested to see it. This one's for Power Query specifically to do steps as opposed to writing DAX. So, you know, we've already been heading down this path and seeing what's there. I'm excited to see it as opposed to some of the AI visuals that we've had in the past. I think this one's going to be interesting. Yep. The next one is a feature called conditional split. And I've not had the need to do it, but um, apparently uh, a common request is the ability to take a certain query and split it into multiple queries. And this is essentially going to facilitate that. Again, I can't really speak to the business value of it, but... Uh, yeah, and this talks about you know, taking and splitting a query into multiple queries based on conditions through a single rich dialogue, yeah. as opposed yeah. to you know trying to go off and, and manually do yeah, it. And I think this out is... What's going if this, this is bringing that, a feature yeah. to be able to do it. So yeah, again, sure. not something that you and I mess with, but no. uh, you know, uh, the next one is going to be recommend. Yeah. Hmm? yeah, last one: recommended data transformations. And that's another um, new AI-driven experience. That's it's going to look at look at what you're doing from a transformation standpoint and make intelligent recommendations about you know, do you want to you know pivot this table or things of that nature. Yeah, so the last sentence of the feature details this experience, uh, this new experience focuses on delivering the user a quick and visual experience to address common data preparation scenarios. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, you know, just uh, you know, think, think of it as best practice analyzer for Power Query Online. Yeah. I think it's, it is a, is a good way to think about that one. Probably, probably. All right, John, That's that it. takes us to the end. Yep. That's it. That's all of it. That's it for this wave. So now we just get to chase these features for the next few months. Yeah, so I will say there is a section here that's different than what I'm used to seeing, which is the deprecation of Power Platform apps. I like the fact that we're calling some things out that we're deprecating. I uh, don't see that often. No, John. that's true. Uh, not that's not true. in the online uh, world of today. We don't see this happen quite as frequently, but I like the fact that they're calling out the deprecation of a couple of things. And most of these are, you know, not none of these are Power BI related, but I think it's kind of a cool thing. And that's it. And thank you for going through this with me. I always enjoy doing this and do this and redo this all at once. 
We, you know, John and I tend to sit down, we look through it to make sure that we're not going to step on our tongue, but then we really dive through and you're hearing our off the cuff reactions to these things. Pretty much um, for the first time. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And again, these are things that we won't start seeing until April. So you're a couple months out on any of them. Lots of things that are not being delivered until September of 2023, which oftentimes means it could slip into the next wave, but it's stuff that is actively funded and being worked on. And it's exciting to take a look through and see what we're what we're doing. So, John, have a great rest of your day, buddy. I will do that, sir. I will do that. You do the same thing. We'll, we'll let people get back to their drive or wherever they're listening to this from. <laughs> All right, but talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons.